In last week's episode, we heard the captivating story of a nameless convert of C.T. Studs who initially thought he was unsavable because of certain sins in his life, but once he did get saved, he became a bold and unstoppable preacher of the gospel. And I'm telling you, this man, he faced unimaginable persecution and yet, through it all, remained unwavering in his resolve to preach. You're definitely going to need to check it out after today's episode. And speaking of today's episode, for today, I'm joined by Andy, a missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. And because of the nature of wanting to give him plenty of time to share his heart with us, we're going to go ahead and jump over a China region of the week and jump straight into the interview. All right, well, here I am with Andy, missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions. Andy, greet everybody. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. Well, it's good to have you on. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what's your story, and, well, how would you get saved? Well, um, so, you know, I, I grew up uh, with a mother who became a believer when I was, about when I was born. And so, I mean... When I tell my testimony, I point to her because she's the one that really pointed me to Christ. And uh, you know, I I didn't uh, I don't have a real interesting testimony as far as I wasn't a drug dealer. <laughs> I was a pretty good boy. Uh, you know, I didn't give my parents a lot of trouble, but you know, I had a had a rebellious heart. And um, it was just when I started getting to high school, it was just the Spirit was working on me and. It was just it was a spiritual battle just um, knowing knowing that I knew the Bible was true and that my heart was running against God and uh, my family we uh, it was about when I was I think it was a junior in high school we uh, started going to it was a Southern Baptist Church but the pastor was faithfully preaching the gospel every week and it was just I knew that I just need to call upon the Lord and get and be saved and so I I did and he saved me and um, and I just, I need to mention that it was like at that time in my life when I got saved, I was just, uh, the Lord allowed me to go through a huge struggle and that was just, uh, just to, I wasn't sure that I, that God would save me. I doubted my salvation mm-hmm. and you know, but, but the Lord, he allowed me to struggle through that. And it was like, you know, in Hebrews, it talks about, um, strengthening your feeble knees and, and you know, the Lord, he lets us, he wants us to walk by faith. And he wants us to be strengthened. He won't like. Well, I have a little. I have a daughter now, and so it's like you know. I just want to. Yeah. I want to protect her. I mean, sure. I just like. I. I don't want her to fall. I don't want her to. You know. I want her to. I'm just thinking. I'm going to carry her until she gets married. You know, just to keep her safe. <laughs> but it's like you know, the Lord. He knows we got to learn to walk by faith. And so I just. I had to struggle with um, coming to grips. The Lord is faithful to save if we call upon Him. It's not our sin doesn't keep Amen. us. Doesn't keep us out of heaven. Uh, yeah. Christ died for our sins, and so that's the sh- that's the long story short. And yeah. So, well, great. Um, so now you you're you're a missionary to China, uh-huh. and your story's unique, mm-hmm. I guess, among missionaries to China in that you're you're currently on deputation, but you've already spent quite a bit of time in China, and so that's maybe correct. if you could. Uh, first, share with everyone uh, how long you were in China and then what you were doing there, um, and just kind of elaborate on that for a little bit. Yeah, so I I spent uh, 14 years in China, and okay. I went there. It was uh, 2003. I went there as a student, so I was um, I had, I was working a job in the states and. Um, I wanted to, I didn't like what I was doing, and 
I went back to school, started studying Chinese, and they had a scholarship that you could study in China for free uh, for okay. a year. It was an exchange scholarship. And uh, I guess that at that time, not many people were studying Chinese, not much yeah, competition. That's cool. Uh, and so I got it, and they sent me to China for a year, studied Chinese, and then uh, I reapplied while I was still there, and they gave it to me again. So I got two huh. years, two years at the university, just language study and I came back, graduated. That's, that's two years in China? In China. Okay. It was in the city of Tianjin and okay. at uh, Nankai University. And that was really, really good. I'm really enjoyable to kind of taste college life in China. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't with the Chinese students. It was with foreign students. Okay. So I didn't really get that much exposure to, to Chinese culture because we were just with other classmates. But uh, okay. went back, uh, graduated, and returned as a teacher. And so, those 12 years was spent uh, teaching. I, spent, I think I taught at three universities total. One in uh, the city of Chuzhou, it's Anhui province. Okay. Taught in Shanghai. My wife and I got married. We moved there. And uh, then we went up to Dalian. That was the final destination, was Dalian, before we came back here. Okay. So. Wow. So, um, a couple of years as a student learning Chinese and then the That's rest correct. of your time teaching English. English, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, um, well, and I, I suppose a lot of people may not know, but that's a pretty common um, job for mm-hmm. Americans there in China, yeah. correct? Yeah, it is. It's uh, most, uh, you meet a lot of uh, Americans, uh, a lot of foreigners that are that will go there and they'll just teach for a couple of years, you know, and they'll just they just want to, you know, taste life overseas for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of them, after about two or three years, they say, "Well, it's time for me to go back home and, you know, find a job." Yeah. Um. So, you know, <clears throat> guys like us who stay there for, you know, six. How, how long did you stay there? Five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's pretty long actually for foreigners' terms. Yeah. Usually, yeah, a bit, a bit on the long side, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It would be the short of the long side. <laughs> but, uh, for, I mean, 12 years is pretty abnormal. Um, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, the Lord put it in my heart to be to go there. And um, I didn't have any thought to come back. I didn't have any, um, I don't know. I just, I, I was enjoying living there teaching and got involved, got connected to the underground church and some underground okay. churches there. And I was just, I don't know, I felt the Lord just wanted me there. And so. Okay. Um, so now hold on. Mm-hmm. Underground church. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So the underground church, well, some people call it the underground church. Some people call them house churches. Um, I guess you could call it the illegal church. The church that doesn't recognize the government as the head, and so hmm. the the true church okay. sees Christ as the head, and of course um, the government doesn't like that, and so there that's the persecuted church, and so um, yeah, the underground church is just basically uh, you know believers who are meeting in maybe somebody's house or maybe they meet in a you know a business complex or you know wherever. It's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, people ask me, well, how many churches, you know, how do you find churches? And I'd be interested to know what, how you found uh, some churches. But, you know, sometimes you'll be, you won't even know there's a church uh, in your apartment complex because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't advertise. They don't put signs up saying there's Faith Baptist Church, you know, around the corner over here. And so right. you wouldn't know unless you hear them singing in the morning or you, you just meet somebody personally who introduces you to the church. But, uh yeah, you know it's funny that you mentioned that. I um, I got connected with the two or three churches that I knew in Fujian Province through another American teacher there who okay. had been there for a few years. Let me think. So they got there probably four or five years before I did, and. I, you know, during that time had met many of the believers there. And so when I got there, they just somewhat introduced me to a lot of the Christians there. Um, 
But it is funny that you say that about you know not always knowing where mm-hmm. churches are because I actually lived, I guess it was my third year, I was in the same city my whole five years. Mm-hmm. In my third year there, I moved to, it was pretty much right in the dead center of town. It was like a block away from the center. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of the largest market areas in the whole city. Um, and I was like half a block away from the school that I worked at. And then not even half a block beyond the school, there was this Bible study that was a part, the people that were at the Bible study were actually a part of the the church that I had been attending. But I didn't realize that this Bible study met there until I asked them if there was a Bible study at a different time of week other than Friday night. And they said, well, there's a Saturday night one right over there. And it's by where you work. And I thought, oh, well, I had no idea. I didn't know that. Um, And so anyway. Well, it's funny because um, I was in the city of Chuzhou, this mm-hmm. smaller city in China, one million people. Right. Yeah, small town. Right. Small town China. Um, but I was I was working as a teacher for a whole year, and I didn't know of any of the house churches. And there was this a student who came to our English corner, and she just became a believer, and she was looking for the foreigner because he heard she heard I was a believer. And so we got to talking. I said, hey, do you know of any underground churches, you know, any house churches? And she said, I don't know, but I'll find out. And so uh, wow. she and her, some of her friends uh, got a hold of me and said, next <clears> week <throat> we're going to go. We took an hour bike ride across town. Really? And it was a my, bike ride? A bike ride. Like, are we talking motorcycles? Bicycles. Or bicycles. Bicycles. Okay. Bicycles. And we, we rode like an hour. Just I mean, it was long distance. And uh, we got there, and, you know, it was uh, my first experience being in the underground church, and then, then they told us there was a house. It was a one of their groups meets right across from the campus, and so <laughs> it was like so. The next week we just we just went across the street, and so, but we did, had no idea that they had mm. a call. It was a college group too. Yeah. So um, again, for those listening, um, why is it that so so we talk about illegal underground? Why is it that? that church is, or these churches are illegal there in China? Well, I mean, I mean, I may not be the best at answering this question, but I, you know, the thing is the, the government, they don't understand the gospel. Unbelievers don't understand the gospel, but sure, they do understand authority. And, you know, the Bible says Christ is the head of the church. And any true believer who reads this Bible, uh, I mean, Christ, he is the head. And, of course, the Bible tells us we need to obey the authorities, uh, you know, up to a point as long as they don't tell us to disobey God. But, uh, you know, that's that's what the, the government doesn't like in China. They don't like anything that sets itself up above its authority. And so, mm. and I, you know, that's that's why, you know, the true churches say, no, Christ is the head. And so that's why they're persecuted. And so that's why there's the, you know, the... There's the government church, and you know I I don't know from your experience what because I know not everyone is the same, but the ones we've been to, you know, they're not they're not preaching a gospel. They're they're right. tre- pre- preaching not the true gospel. There's a lot of works-based righteousness teaching. There's yes. baptismal regeneration, mm-hmm. and um, but the you know the underground church is basically the church that. Um, that sees Christ as the head and is going to follow his word. and So that's why they're illegal. The government says, that's illegal, but if you join our church, you're, you're legal. But we're the head. And so, mm-hmm. in my mind, that's the... You know, that doesn't mean that every underground church is following the Bible. I mean, you right. got to go in, you got to listen. I mean, there's, there's false, churches, false churches in the underground church movement, too. You right. Know, it's just like in America. Right. You, don't, you don't just see a church building and say... They must be doing everything right. They must be following God's word. No, you gotta go in and and listen and test everything. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, so um, I'm gonna go back a little sure. bit. Um, you talked about how before you went to China, you started studying Chinese um, here in the states, and then but then you also a little bit later on you said that. You know, you said something to the effect of the Lord was leading you to China. Could you talk a little bit about that? How was it that you got interested in Chinese to begin with, and 
and mm -hmm. kind of you putting yourself in a position so that when there's this opportunity to go and study Chinese in China, you're like, hey, I want to go do that. Yeah. Um, you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like the Forrest Gump of, of ministry. It's like, <laughs> the Lord, I just kind of end up places doing stuff without really much thinking of the logistics of how I'm going to get there. But so I was, I really believe it was the Lord. You know, it was there, a, there was a point in my life I mentioned before where just, I just had to learn just to believe God's word. And, you know, I, I couldn't really serve the Lord if I'm doubting my salvation. You can't, you can't be joyful. You can't really be fruitful because it's like you're just worried about your own situation. But it was a point where it was just like in my life, I remember that point I was working just out of uh, college. I was working my first job, and I just realized I just need to believe God's Word. It was just That just kind of set my heart free. Lord, I know I want to serve you. I mean, it's like... Lord, please use me. And I just started praying to the Lord, saying, Lord, I want to be used by you. I want to be at a place where I can just do your ministry and serve you with all my heart. And it was about that time that I said, Lord, if you want me to go to China, send me to China. That's what I prayed. Wow. I was just, I, the thing was, China was on my mind all growing up because my parents adopted two Chinese girls. Okay. And so that's kind of, okay. that I think had a lot of influence on me thinking about China. So... That's okay. probably why it was on my mind uh, to pray that prayer. And uh, about two years after I prayed that prayer, I was in China. Wow, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and you know, I tell people, you know, the, you know, in Proverbs sixteen nine it says that a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. And it was that's kind of the yeah. way it was. It was just like, Lord, I want to serve you. If you want me to go, send me there. Huh. And uh, pretty amazing um, how he did it. Uh, I was trying to find another job. I couldn't find one. There was a fellow who came back to our work who used to work there. He quit his job to go back to school to study linguistics. Okay. And he went to go. He went to, to so he could translate the Bible for groups that don't have any, you know, anything. Right. Uh, they don't have the Bible, and so I thought that sounds like you know. That kind of started made me think maybe I need to go back and go in a different direction. And so quit my job, went back to school, studied linguistics, and that was just. That was the most boring subject you could imagine. <laughs> Just think about the theory, theory of the flavor of food. You know, it's like, oh, oh wow. that sounds exciting. And I was just like, why am I studying this? I just, I should just study a language. You know, yeah. Just learn something and use it. Yeah. And so I just uh, during it was the summer. I started studying Chinese. They had a Chinese intensive course. Study for it was like a year of Chinese in two months. Oh wow! And basically, you just end up with a headache. That's about all. Yeah. It's like it was really wasn't a good. It's not a good idea. But it was Sounds so much fun. Right. <laughs> but it was just so much fun. Mm -hmm. Just the Lord just put in my heart just to. I mean, I failed French in high school. Okay. Really. But when I started studying oh. Chinese, it was just like I was just I was just eating it up. I mean, I don't even need a teacher. Just give me the book. I'll just memorize it. I mean, it was like it was so much fun. And um, I think the Lord just did that. He just put that. He put the desire. He put the circumstance and. And it was just like I knew it was will to serve him. And so all those three things were just, uh, and so, and then he provided the means for me to get to China. So yeah. that's just, uh, and then I'll, I don't know, that's, uh, yeah. that's basically. Praise the Lord, that's great. So, well, um, and the, the next question I was wanting to ask actually is, so, you know, a lot of people, I say a lot, I think, there are quite a few people out there that many of our listeners would know who either have uh, been on a trip to China or maybe they've taught English in China for a few years. Um, you know, maybe they've done business in China, something mm -hmm. like that. And yet, uh, again, and I don't mean anything negative when I say this, but you are somewhat of an, an anomaly in that mm -hmm. you were in China for 14 years. What was it that, that made you stay? that long what was it well, yeah what was it that, that made you stick stick it out for that long and not you know after a few years say hey I want to go back to the states and, and continue working there well it's a good question I, I think maybe I maybe two reasons um, number one I think that that's just where the Lord wanted me to be and I think I think that's sure I mean I don't know why it was just it was just I just wanted to be there and um, I was enjoying every bit of it and um, I wanted to serve the Lord and I was trying the best I could in the ways that I knew to serve but I didn't really have 
that's a different topic. But anyway, that's one. I think just the Lord wanted me to be there. And the second one is that, you know, a lot of times foreigners, they'll go to China, but they they spend so much time with their um, with their foreign friends. And I don't, maybe you can help me think through this if this is uh, the right way to think about it. But I think, I think a lot of times foreigners, they go there and they, they spend a lot of time. They do, you know, learn some culture because they're just kind of immersed there. But then they, they spend a lot of time with foreigners. And it's just like, you know, when I was there, I, st- I had culture shock. Sure. I, mean, I mean, even though I loved being there, there was culture shock. Right. And, but when I went, I went to a city, the Lord put me in a city where there was no foreigners. And it was just like, there was a few Germans running around, but I never saw them. Huh, and it was okay. just like, um, you know, if uh, if you're with somebody who is complaining all the time, it's easy to complain. It's mm. easy to just start thinking through that. And like sometimes as foreigners, if we get together, we're just like, we're Americans. You know, and it's easy. We have a common topic. It's like, oh, the, you know, the culture is this way or that way. And it's easy to make ourselves kind of discontent with with the way things are maybe that's something to do with it but i think just being having to live among chinese people and be with them talk with them all the time just just i don't know maybe that helped yeah helped me adapt and maybe that i don't know you think i'm no i blown smoke here no i think i think I'm, that i think that you actually you're you're onto something there because it's kind of you know you're in you're in culture shock and for those who aren't well if you wouldn't mind mm-hmm. for those who may not really know what culture shock is kind of explain that <laughs> okay um well you might have to help me here but uh culture shock i guess uh, well there's i guess they say there's stages of culture shock um when you first get to a country it's like you're just so excited everything that's different is exciting. It's like, oh, look at this. They do, you know, they eat with their feet. <laughs> well, they don't. <laughs> no, but they like, they use Not chopsticks. Not in China that no, I've I'm seen before. No, I'm just joking. Uh, no, but they, you know, they, they eat with their cho- they eat with chopsticks and they do all these things mm-hmm. that, you know, it's so much different than life. Uh, you know, a lot of things are different than the way we do it here. But then there's just all of a sudden, I mean, not all of a sudden, but slowly those things that were different you start to miss things back home. You start to compare. Okay. You start. You You start to. Uh, how would I say it? You start to kind of see those differences in a bad light, and you start to think, "Well, why do they do that?" It's like, "Why don't?" Back in our country, we do this. It seems so <laughs> much better. Why can't they just be yeah. like a normal person and eat a hamburger? Right. And it's like, you know, why do they always have to have hot water? You know, why can't we just have a cold glass of water with my meal? It's like, yeah. And it's like those things that used to be interesting or now it's like I kind of miss the way it used to be. And it's like, so you start, it starts to become a difficulty and start maybe complaining a little bit. And, right. Um, and I think that's, that's culture shock. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's like you, you just want something familiar, right. something that you're accustomed to. And it right. kind of the the mystique of this new place kind of wears off, and there mm-hmm. is there's a lot of um, what would be the word for that? There's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. or um, stress, I guess, mm-hmm. involved. Um, and when all of that happens, it, it can be a difficult time. It, it can be. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm driving at the phrase "misery loves company." And so, okay. you know, to, to circle That's back good. around to what you were saying, yeah. like when you when you feel miserable because, oh, you know, wow, like like for me in southern China, it was I, I was used to southern Alabama where there was air conditioning everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone's home had air conditioning and it was blowing all mm-hmm. the time constantly mm-hmm. to southern China where you might have air conditioning, but you really just kick it on in like the heat of the day to kind of knock the really high temperatures off. And then you turn it back off again. Huh. And I was like, why, why would you do that? Just leave it on all day. Well, then, you know, people were getting mad that I was jacking up their energy bills and stuff. Um, and so, you know, you have all of these these grievances, these complaints, and you get into this huddle of these are the Americans who are going to sit around and talk about how much we miss America and how much we, right. we dislike mm-hmm. this about China mm-hmm. and that about China. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I could... Uh, 
I've seen that there. And thankfully for me, uh, where I was was somewhat like the city that I guess you started out in. Um, there just weren't a lot of Americans. There really weren't any foreigners there with the exception of maybe four in this city of a million or so, a million or two yeah. million. And um, because of that, you know, there wasn't a lot of that, hey, let's get together and have a pity party. And you right. just got to spend time with Chinese people right. all the mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. I think. Okay, well, so you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, you, you stayed. One of the reasons was because the Lord was in it and, and the Lord wanted you to stay there. And you you kind of alluded to having ministry that you were involved in. What was that like? What, what were you able to do there as an English teacher? Yeah, well... Um... So when I first got to China, I didn't really do much because we were, I was just, uh, I didn't know any Chinese people, and they had a foreigner's church, and that was basically, you know, they spoke English, and so I'd just go to that, okay. and, you know, I didn't really, I didn't know any Chinese believers, um, but when I went to that uh, the, that city, Chuzhou, um, there was no foreigners, and so, um, you know, I just, uh, I got involved in the underground church there. And you know, I, I, they wouldn't really, they didn't really want me to do anything uh, because they were worried. In order to protect me, I guess that that was their mindset that if you know, if I if they let me teach yeah. or do anything, then uh, maybe the school would get angry or whatever. But but I was able to you know be involved in their fellowship and um, but I just you know in my house or my apartment, I just started inviting students over. We just started having a Bible study and. And it was uh, it was good. I mean, I just I enjoyed it a lot. And you know, there was some there was some risk there. It's kind of interesting in China. Yeah. You know, the school they they would find out about it uh, because uh, okay. the school there's so many you know students are going to talk, you know, and they right. hear oh Andy's got a Bible study in his home, and you know that's they don't want us to do those things. Um, they don't want us to be uh, talking about you know do you have any religious activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, but uh, right. you know the school actually. They heard about it and they called me in, and they had me sign a piece of paper that says, you know, this is illegal. You're not supposed to do it. And you know, I was just like, well, uh, I don't know. I just I, I wrote on the paper. I said, I understand. I'm not supposed to do it. And I signed my name. But you know, I didn't say I wouldn't <laughs> do it. But uh, but you know, the thing was, they okay. they just kept signing my contract, <laughs> and it was, um, because they needed an English teacher so bad. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, but I didn't really, you know, I I didn't know training, um, and so I really didn't know what to do. Like I wouldn't be able to do something, like you know, we're doing now, um, like with what Mark's doing. I just, um, I just really needed, uh, I needed somebody to help help me, and I think okay. the Lord. That's how you know. I I did. I prayed. I said, Lord, please train me for ministry. I want to serve you, and that was kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Meeting Mark, the Tolsons up in Donian was an answer to that prayer. Yeah. And so, I mean, so I wasn't church planning. I was just basically just leading a Bible study. And Okay. Well, and that, I'm glad that you, you brought that up because that was actually kind of where I wanted to head with this next question, which is, um, so we are, for those who may not realize, we are recording in the United States currently. Uh-huh. Um, so here we are in the U.S., um, you're obviously not in China. We're here in the kind of the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. Um, China's more or less closed off to the world right now, but we're here and, and you and your family have been here for some time. Uh, why is that? And why after all of that, that time, that, that long haul of 14 years there in China, why would mm-hmm. you bring uh, your family here um, for the last few years? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's all so, that about? Excuse me. So my wife and I, we we met about eight years after I first arrived in China, and so I okay, my Chinese was pretty good. My wife and I, we only speak Chinese, and so we were we got married, and we were just uh, we moved to Shanghai. I quit my job. We found I found a new teaching job in and Shanghai. Just to be clear, I know yeah. it was implied there, but your wife is Chinese. She's Chinese, yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> she was she's from Shanghai, and so we moved there so she could be closer to her family and. And it was uh, it was just a struggle to find a a, a church one that was mm-hmm. preaching the gospel and that was following okay. 
God's pattern for leadership in the church and and it was through uh, you know those two prayers number one Lord please train me for ministry and please give us a church and you know there's a whole big story behind why it was so you know why it was difficult to, for us to find one and um, it was kind of through a search for just answers to somebody who could understand you know the difficulty that I was struggling because not many people do what we do. I mean, your your wife is Chinese, and you know to right. to be the, in in the underground church in China. There's not many Americans who can say, "Yeah, I've been there," right? right? And so i was just looking for somebody who could just um, who who could I could you know communicate with. And there was a, mm-hmm. uh, a Jake, the missionary. Mm-hmm. He was there. He was he was in China, but he got kicked out. He's in Taiwan, right. and he had written an article. Um, about one of the issues we were uh, was kind of facing, and he uh, started communicating with him, and he said, "Well, you need to go up and see Mark." And so, um, just we got on a plane, flew up there, and saw what they were doing, wow. and uh, said, "This is where we need to be." Uh, you know, the Lord is this is pretty much the answer to the prayer. I mean, Mark, Mark, it was you. I'd never met a guy like him because, uh, you know, I growing up there was no discipleship in where I grew up and you know where I got saved and it was sure. just like you know it's like nobody really said well we want to train men for ministry we want to give you a chance to serve right. and you know I went up and met Mark and he's like yeah we'll take you as far as you want to go with me. you can come and mm-hmm. uh, just help out and serve and and so we uh, moved up there and for about two years just you know I was working part I was working and so I was just helping part-time but mm-hmm. just got to see all kinds of aspects of the ministry and help out uh, he let me preach in Chinese, uh, and he let me wow. lead Bible that's studies, great. and I mean that was just like it was great. It was like I already been practicing Chinese, and now I get to preach. Yeah, that's it's like nobody would give me that chance, and so he did. Sure, you know, and um, got to lead some Bible studies, <clears throat> and um, got to do outreach projects. You know, we had, uh, and it's just it, it was so much fun. It was so the best for you. Years. This is like a dream come true. Almost, this is right? like this is the answer to the prayer, Lord. I want to be Amen. serving you. Um, and you know the only thing that was limiting me was I got to teach English, you know, for <laughs> most of the time at and the so, university up the road, right? Right. And so, um, so it was about two years later. Uh, we just felt the Lord was calling us to come back to see if we can uh, join the mission board here at Vision, and spent okay. a year at the training center. We got accepted on the mission board, and uh, Lord will be going back to do thing same thing we were doing and just full time this time so that's so kind of cool. the that's so yeah. cool that's a really cool story I, mm-hmm. I think it's cool how god was was leading you and mm-hmm. directing you towards china and you were there and you you had all of this time there and you were doing ministry doing what mm-hmm. you knew to do and and after you know however long of praying and dreaming and wanting to do more mm-hmm. finally the lord's given you that there that, that's yeah. what it sounds like to me maybe i'm maybe i'm misrepresenting i don't know no that's uh no, that's exactly the way it is and it is i mean i guess maybe i'm one of those guys are the lord it takes it takes 20 years of bonking me on the head to get me to where i need to be <laughs> but i mean you know i just i look back though i'm thinking man i could have been so much shorter if I would have just had somebody, if somebody would have said, hey, uh, you want to serve the Lord? Come on, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's what God wants us to be doing. He, not just to protect our own ministry and not let anybody else do anything. We need to be, our job should be helping others to, to serve, you know, yeah. training other, training training men. And so that's what Mark did. Yeah. So. But it could have been shorter. I, I mean, I know the Lord uses everything. He did not waste, you know, when Moses went into the, he didn't waste any of that. Sure. Moses went into the desert. And the Lord didn't waste all that time either. I mean, I was learning things. And, but it could be, it could have been, it could have been a shortcut if I just would have yeah, believed sure. God's word. There was a, a ministry that said, hey, we're going to, we're going to help you out. Yeah. And, you know, and so. Yeah, well, and. Sorry, I've got to do it. I'm going to Go interject right here and just say for everyone out there listening that um, I would assume, you know, you're listening to this podcast um, 
probably because there's an interest in China, probably because there's an interest in missions, that if you or someone that you know um, is wanting to do full-time ministry in China, um, I would I would encourage you to not take or and, and again this is me personally so maybe you have a slightly different perspective Andy but for me I would encourage you to not take what perhaps would be considered a more roundabout path like what you took and then even what I took um, <clears throat> to to get to this this path of full-time ministry in China but now assuming you're in the states or even if you're in China and you're teaching English and you've stumbled across this podcast um, we would like for you to know that there is a path to full-time ministry there in China um, it is doable and Vision Baptist Missions we would love to show you how to do that um, yeah. if you just reach out to us we would love to to help with that um, and you know whatever it is that you would need whether it's uh, needing uh, help knowing how to do practical ministry in a place like China or whether it's needing to learn how to learn a language and adapt to culture or maybe you just need Bible training uh, you know basic Bible training to get you to to that step of, of gearing up to go to China whatever it is uh, we would love to help you do that uh, if if you or someone you know that is in that position um, was that the commercial break yes <laughs> yes that, that was a commercial break so um, Let's see here. Um, so you're Andy. You're getting ready. You're you're on deputation now. Mm-hmm. Um, China is slowly opening up. I think we just heard from Canon yesterday that they're letting people from some countries in, but you have to have a Chinese-made vaccine. So it's certainly not ideal. And Chinese vaccines are even hard to get your hands on anyway. Um, but it's, you know, it's a slow... I have a confession to make. Yeah. I just stopped uh, looking at those feeds or the messages because it's like whatever you say today is going to be different tomorrow. So <laughs> Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah. it's like things are just, yeah, things are so... Uh, everything is changing. Yeah. You know, crazy so world that we be, live in 2020 right. and 2021. Oh, man. It has been crazy. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Things are seems like things are slowly moving in the opening up direction. So yeah. Um, well, so you are you and <coughs> your family. You are on this um, this deputation path mm-hmm. to getting back to China to do what? What what are, what are your goals and mm-hmm. and your desires for for when you get back to China? Well, you know, uh, I guess. How do I say? Just um, when we were with Mark, and I got to just go there, and I got to observe, you know, how he does ministry, and you know, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's just—I mean, it's—it's it's not easy, but what I saw it was sure. just like—I mean, just the basics. You gotta you gotta preach the gospel. You gotta teach the word. You gotta just be faithful in all these different areas, and it's just like God's gonna work. If we're just faithful and just basic stuff, basic things, and I just kind of saw that, you know, and I'm, I have a lot to learn. By the way, I mean, so it's like, but you know, I'm just, I just plan on doing what I saw him be doing, mm-hmm. and you know, what that's going to look like. I'm sure it's going to be completely different than what I imagine. You know, I'll, I'll run into difficulties that I didn't think I'd run into, but sure, that's the plan. Is just to go and just be faithful with um, just those basic things. Uh, ministry and see the Lord work and my dream is just to be used of the Lord and um, I don't know it's uh well no I, is that is that, a, is that a good enough answer I think that's great I, guess, uh, I mean I think um, but because I think I think in saying that really the only difference between you and someone who would desire to do full-time ministry here in the states is where you're doing it right and the language in which you're doing it um, because anyone any any person here in America who's in Bible college who wants to become a pastor mm-hmm. I mean they they desire to either take a church or start a church and 
be faithful to teach the Bible and disciple mm-hmm. believers and um, and do all of those things. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not like missionaries or some you know superior class in, in some way it's just that they're serving but they're doing it somewhere else and there are those challenges that are in, that come along with okay you're crossing culture you're dealing with language barriers you're dealing with all of these other things um you know working in a different country dealing with that country's government etc um but at the end of the day it's just wanting to serve the Lord. Right. Well, I think of the example of uh, David and Goliath. It's like, you know, when, we, when we, we're on deputation, we want to go around and say, we're going to go and slay the giants. You know, it's like, and that's yeah. what people want to hear, and that's what we want to do. But it's like, but that wasn't really the battle. That wasn't the main battle. The main battle was every day just working the sling. And it's just like, I mean, mm. Goliath was easy for David. Yes, because he was just faithful to just the basic, the basic, uh, you know, working that sling. And then the yeah. day came, it was like his heart was, he knew the Lord he served, and it was like the Lord had prepared him. And the giant came, I mean, that was easy. That was, yeah. That wasn't hard for David. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's it. That's, that's how any of us will be successful in ministry. And the Lord will give us the victory if we're just faithful, you know, and I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like in the end. I mean, right. I, there's people who do, are faithful and, and you know, and we, they don't really see that much, you know. But the Lord's later on, you know, the, what they did will be shown for what it was. And so um, does that mean a million churches or two? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's like, but just be faithful, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm about to catch myself using a sports analogy, which for anyone who knows me knows that that's very odd for me. <laughs> but I hear when people talk about basketball, they talk about going back to the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it, what I seem to be hearing you say. I always hear that with golf. I don't know. I never okay. Well, <laughs> here we go. I, I, I don't know much about sports. Well, I am Austin after all. So. Um, but anyway, it's in there somewhere. You sports people out there who were listening um, – I don't know, Andy, maybe you're a sports person, but um, you'll know what sport it applies to, but the fundamentals, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, teaching the Bible and and discipling people. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, well, let's see here. Um, what would be, uh, so I asked Trent this in my conversation with him, and I'd like to ask you this as well. If you could sit down with a young person who is considering serving in China. Maybe they're like uh, the two of us were. They're already in China. They're teaching English, but they're hungry to do a little more. Or maybe they're here in the mm-hmm. States and they're they're kind of eyeing China and they're trying to decide, you know, um, go to China, um, serve the Lord there somehow in some capacity. What What would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Yeah, well, I guess what I would say is, first of all, I just I just gave my testimony. And, you know, it kind of sounds like, wow, the Lord just kind of pushed you over here, pushed you over there. And it's like you just, you know, it's just like kind of slid right into the right place. And so, you know, maybe you don't see all that happening in your life. But really, the truth is, though, that along that path, there was there was steps of faith that I had to take. I mean, it was just like, um, it wasn't just that the Lord was, you know, just sent me a text message saying, go here, go there. And so I knew for sure. No, I had to, you know, I, I was, you know, every time I would do something, it was like, man, maybe I should just stay. Maybe I shouldn't go, uh, you know, cause things are pretty nice here. Or maybe if I, if I go and I make a mistake, it's not what God wants, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was times, there was those big changes. There was steps of faith that I had to take, but you know, the Lord put the desire in my heart. It was like, you know, Lord, I, I want to serve you. Hmm. I want to be. I want to. I want to be reaching people with the gospel. I want to be doing ministry. Now I know that's God's will. Yeah, that is. There's no question about that. That's that's. There's one, and God just put the desire in me to. Man, I think I'd like to do this, and that's like. Yeah. You know, and and 
you know, the circumstances where the opportunity was there, and it was just like, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do it. Maybe it'll fail, you know, but, and, uh, but there was that kind of that risk, but it was just like those things are there, and it's just like, well, just, just go, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't go, I think the Lord would, you know, he, he doesn't say, oh, you messed up, you know, so we're, but I just say, you know, you got to take steps of faith, and if you're thinking about China, the desire is there, the Lord wants you to be serving him, there's a need there, and I would say, well, you should start walking in that direction. I think maybe you should um, look at the opportunities that are before you. And I can tell you right now, you've just heard of the opportunity uh, at Vision. I mean, that if you've heard about Vision, then there's an opportunity f- for you to go and serve. And so I would just take, you know, I would I would take that opportunity and go on a missions trip. Um, that's that's a huge, uh, that that's huge. I mean, um, we can sit here and talk about China all day, but if you just go there, that is just right. like, it's a huge difference. And, um so yeah, that's my advice. And you know, if if you grew up learning Swahili, and uh, the person you marry is is in uh, Africa, and uh, your parents don't want you to go to China, well, then maybe China's not their thing. But if <laughs> I mean, it's like your circumstance. But if if the if if you know if, if there's the opportunity you want to do it, you're thinking about wanting to do it, then just I'd start walking in that direction. Yeah. And uh, talk to talk to one of us, and look for opportunities. There's there's opportunities and. Uh, I, love it. I guess I guess that's my advice. Yeah, um, take that next step of faith. Yeah, but I think you know the the, the important thing is that we're just uh, and this may sound a little bit strange, but I think are we our own personal walk with the Lord? We're more sensitive to the Lord's will when we're walking with Him, mm-hmm. and so I'd say you need to be in the Word. You need to be, um, you know, just that daily devotion to the Lord. I think you're going to be sensitive to his his will, and um, I don't I don't regret any of the decisions that I made. I stepped out by faith, hmm. and you know. But I was, there's always a point where you're going to be looking back at Egypt, thinking, "Why are we not in Egypt? It was so it was better there." <laughs> there's going something's going to yeah. go wrong. You make a decision, you step out by faith, and then you have a really bad day, and you're like, "What in the world am I doing?" <laughs> you're looking back at Egypt, but it's like, yeah. but just. God honors when we we step out by faith. So. That's great. Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, that's almost all of the questions. I did want to end on maybe a bit of a more lighthearted note here mm-hmm. with, um, I don't know, maybe there would be some sort of interesting story that you could share with us about your time in China, um, maybe something you saw or something you did, a food that you ate or a language blunder you made I don't know just something something that might be interesting and well, I must have been very careful in China because I can't think of any crazy stories <laughs> uh, but there was one story that I always find funny and that was when I first got there when I was in the university I was meeting with a student every morning for breakfast uh, we would do okay. 15 minutes of Chinese 15 minutes of English it was great okay but there was one morning uh, the friend said uh, I can't, you know, we were going to do something that evening, and he said, I can't, I can't meet with you um, tonight because I have to go to a lecture, you know, to learn about English. It's like he was just English, English, English. And so I said, okay, well, that's fine. You know, I guess I'll just find something else to do. <laughs> and so I was in the dormitory that evening, and there was, uh, I don't remember exactly, I think the, there was a knock on my door, and there was, I opened it up, there was two Chinese students standing there, and they said, we need your help. Come with us. And for some reason, I just went with them. I didn't ask too many questions. It's crazy. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just went. We went outside. Come and we help got, us, and you just run. I didn't even know these people. We got in the taxi. I know. It's crazy. And we're driving down the road. They're, like, speeding down the road in this taxi, and they're like, oh, look, we, uh, we, need, a, we need a teacher. We, we, uh, one of our teachers had got sick or something, and so we need you to help us out. And so we drove across town. We went into this. I think it was a school. I don't remember because everything happened so fast. And we got out. We went in. There's this auditorium where there's tons of students. They're all sitting there. And they'll look at me when I walk in. And guess who was sitting in the front row? <laughs> My friend was sitting in the front row. He canceled our appointment. Your your breakfast. My breakfast friend buddy. was sitting in the front row, and you wouldn't believe his face. 
and you wouldn't believe my face. It was like he quit. He canceled our meeting so he could go listen to me stand up there. And, I mean, I know that sounds... What did you say? I just, I mean, I have no idea. I don't even remember. Do you know what they wanted you to I, say? They didn't. They were just in so <clears throat> desperate. They, they needed to have a foreigner to, to give a talk. And they were just so desperate. They're like... They grabbed the first foreigners they could find and then took me there. And I was just, I don't know, I just talked about <laughs> American culture and I just, you know, just. Wow. But I mean, in China, that's, I mean, you know, it's like to, <laughs> it's not just to say, here, come and give us, a, give us a talk about America for an hour. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And it's like. Wow. I don't know. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy just to see my friend sitting on the front row. He was like, what is happening? <laughs> that's great. I, that's but, really uh, funny. Anyway. Well, that's yeah. cool. All right. Well, um, I guess that's all the questions I have. I, w- I would just say, though, um, you know, maybe somebody out there listening that want to get in touch with you or learn more about your ministry, what would be a good way to reach out to you? Maybe a website or an email address? Um, yeah. I mean, I think email is probably the best. Um, my email address is Andy, A-N-D-Y, at that china may know.com so four words that china may know andy at that china may know.com and so if you send me an email uh, we also have a website which is the same it's that china may know.com so you can go there and you can see a little bit of information about us so okay well great thank you Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode for a tale based on how Chinese people celebrate a very unique festival of theirs called Tomb Sweeping Festival. In the story, you'll hear the hopelessness of Chinese traditional folk culture and be reminded of the hope found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I would encourage you all to keep Andy and his family in your prayers as they raise their support to get to China. Please ask the Lord to get them to the field quickly and use them greatly to see many people come to know Jesus there in China. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, Zai Jin.